with you, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. And I want to share with you today, continuing the series, Living on Purpose. You can live accidentally, haphazardly, randomly, or you can live on purpose. Christians ought to be people living on purpose. We ought to be living in purpose and on purpose, purposefully. God is a God of purpose. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, we're going to read one verse that is one of the most familiar verses in the whole Bible. If you're my age, you remember a group called the Birds singing this verse. How many of you remember it? Say amen. Well, that's a few of us. Good to see all of y'all here. (laughs) Now, I want to talk to you today about God's purpose has a season. We are people of purpose, and let's read what it says. Catch what it says. Very powerful. To everything, there is a season. To everything, there's a season. And there is a time. For every single purpose under heaven. Every purpose has a timer attached to it, built into it by God. And to everything in your life, there's a season. Now, what he does is he begins to list. I think there's uh, 10 of them. I can't remember how many, but they're opposites. All of them are opposites. Born, dying, planting, plucking up what was planted. Killing, healing, breaking down, building up. They're all opposites. But I want to focus on this first verse. Everything has a season. Everything has a timing. Father, thank you for your word today. And I pray that, God, you will help us to understand that we are people of purpose, called with a purpose. God has given everyone in this place, Lord, assignments, a divine assignment, many probably. And I pray, Lord... Speak to us today. Illuminate our hearts. Help us to understand the seasons that purpose will go through so that we can maximize our season. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, will you breathe a prayer, church, and say, Lord, I receive your word. Change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't go to sleep. God's going to speak to you. There is a season for every purpose. Now, I want you folks to understand that you're uh, called with a purpose. God has designed you with a purpose. You are not accidental. You are not a process of a cold, calculating, apathetic, evolutionary process. You didn't come about from evolution. God designed you. God made you. Evolution is a lie. In the sense, we didn't come from some amoeba in an ancient sea. David said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You have been made. You've been designed by God. And God, when you were born, had a purpose for you. You didn't know it yet, but God had a purpose for you. And when we get saved and we come into Christ, one of the things that ought to happen eventually is we ought to come into an understanding of what our purpose is. That's just a part of growing as a Christian. 
You can't read our New Testament without coming away with the understanding that we've been called with a purpose. Now, this, this verse tells us there's a season for every one of the purposes or assignments of God on our life. Every purpose, every one of them, contains an appointed time. A time for all its fulfillment and, for, and it passes through seasons in its development. Every assignment, every purpose passes through seasons in its development. Our God is a God of seasons. Have you ever noticed that? God has built life to, to move in cycles. There is a rhythm. There is a rhythmic cycle to life. When Noah was standing on planet earth all by himself with only his family around him after the great flood. It says God spoke to him and told him the, these words, Genesis 8:22. As long as the earth remains, there will be springtime and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. God was saying, I have set life up. I have set the earth up to move in cycles, to move in seasons. Everything that I built moves in seasons and cycles, and every purpose that God gives you in your life will move in seasons and cycles. This is why I'm not worried about global warming. And I wasn't worried about global cooling when they told me in the 1970s in Time magazine I was about to freeze to death. Because God is in charge of his earth. And God said, until the earth ends, and one day it will end, there will be springtime harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. And nothing is going to interrupt that cycle. Now we've seen in the last few weeks that God has a plan for you. Decided and established before time began. Before time ever began, God had a plan for you. And we've seen that God has a place for you. In his church, he gave you an ability. He gave you a strength. He gave you a talent. That when you give it back to him, it becomes an outlet for good works that glorify God. Everybody in this room has been given a talent, an ability, a gift by God. A strength. And that strength was intended to be given back to God so that he could take it and bless it and break it and then distribute it to the world. God created you with a purpose, a design in mind. He's got a plan and he's got a place. Now today I want to look at the process that every one of God's purposes in our lives goes through. Now God may give you in your lifetime several assignments. But you've got to understand, dear Christian friend, that if you're a believer, if you're washed in the blood, if the Holy Ghost dwells inside of you, you have been given a divine assignment by God. There is something God wants you to do more than your nine to five. There is something God wants you involved in. There is, there is a way that God has called you to particularly glorify him through the strength he gave you. And he may give you several assignments in your life. He may give you several different assignments. And what I want to share with you today is that every one of those assignments is going to go through seasons. Did you know that the Bible teaches that you and I are God's ongoing project? 
He began a good work in you, the Bible says, and he will finish it. He began it, and he's going to finish it. You are under divine construction. There is not a day that goes by that the grace of God does not deal with you, mold you, fashion you, shape you into the image of Christ. You may not always be able to feel it. Some days you may feel terrible. Some days you may feel great. It doesn't matter how you feel. The grace of God has begun a good work in you, and the grace of God is going to finish that good work in you to the day of Jesus Christ. We are under divine construction. Can you say with me, I am under divine construction. There used to be a little button that people wore, and the button said this, P-B-P-G-I-F-W-M-Y. That's what it said. And you were supposed to say to the person, well, what does that mean? And they would say, oh, it means please be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. Please be patient, PBP, GIF, God is not finished, WMY, with me yet. So can you just say with me, please be patient? Turn to your spouse and tell them, please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. It's exciting to me to know that uh, this, this thing is not something I've got to do, but God's grace is working in me every single day. He's building in me every day. He's got an end design in his mind, and every day I am his building project every single day. Now, sometimes God brings in the heavy construction equipment. Oh, yeah, the spiritual bulldozers that plow and push away obstacles to his purposes. And you know when the bulldozers are moving through. Nobody's got to tell you there's a spiritual bulldozer moving through your life because there needs to be some major rearranging. He removes contaminated soil that could later rise up and pollute your soul. He pours a firm foundation by establishing your life on the person of Jesus Christ. There is no other foundation than that one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Christ. And then the frame is built by your involvement in good works that glorify God. Last week I shared with you, you have not been saved by good works, but you were saved for good works. You weren't saved by your good works, nothing you can do to save yourself. But once you were saved, we realized I was saved for good works that he planned before time began, I would walk in. So I'm saved for good works. And finally, the bricks are laid and the finishing touches of a godly life are brought to maturity as you produce the fruits of the Spirit, which are the architectural beauty of a life lived for Jesus. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Against such there is no law. That is the beauty, the end result of a life lived for God. Those are the dinner bells that ring in front of a skeptical world and say they know God because they walk in love. They forgive one another. They are patient. They have character that worldly people do not have. And all of these purposes pass through seasons in their development. Now, I'm going to save you a lot of heartache today if you'll listen to this word. I'm going to save you a lot of frustration. I have learned, sometimes the hard way, it's important to know what season you're in so that you can do the right thing at the right time. God is a God of seasons. And everyone in this room 
as it relates to your assignment and your calling, you are in a season. Listen to what Paul said. Don't be fools. Be wise. Make the most of every season. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good. He's saying, seize the season. Realize what season you're in and respond in faith and with a good attitude to the seasons that God has you in. Jesus spoke of how we can miss our season. Jesus said you can miss your season. Listen to what he said to the people of his day. He looked around at the people of his day who had not received him, not accepted him, not realized what God was doing in their life. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, will surround you and close you in on every side. Why? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. You did not discern what God was doing in your life. And because of that, you missed your season of visitation. I want to tell you, church, we don't lose our salvation, but you can miss a season of visitation by not discerning what God is doing in your life. Jesus said, you know how to discern the face of the sky. If the weather will be fair or threatening, you know that summer is coming, you know spring is coming, you know winter's around the corner and fall. But you cannot discern the times, Jesus said. You ought to, if you know what season is coming, you ought to be spiritual enough, you ought to be aware enough, discerning enough to discern the spiritual seasons of your life. You're in a season right now. I've noticed this. God's purposes for us pass through phases very much like the four seasons that earth experiences. And the Bible absolutely backs this up. God's purposes for us pass through very much like the four seasons earth experiences. For instance, first, there is the season for every purpose. There is a season for every purpose called autumn. Autumn is the beginning season for every purpose. In Bible times, autumn was the season of sowing. The children of Israel sowed their seed in the autumn. In the fall, they sowed seed. And every purpose of God, every assignment from God in your life and my life will experience an autumn. The autumn season is when the first awareness of your purpose is first sown into your heart. You realize that, hey, God has called me to do this or that. I'm aware of it. It is when God makes his plan real to you. Now, if you haven't experienced this, just hang on and keep walking with God. You will, because our God is a God who gives a vision and gives us purpose. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you a future, a future, a future, and a hope. That's why I wrote the book called The Windshield is Bigger Than the Rearview Mirror. You know why? Because the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. God's purpose, his future, the exciting things he's got for you eclipse any of the roadkill in your rear view mirror. God is a God of the future. Can you say he's got something for me? And see, the autumn, the autumn of your purpose is when this begins to be real to you. The light bulb goes off in your mind. You become inspired by the revelation and by the understanding of what God has tapped you on the shoulder to do. 
It may come in the form of a dream or a desire that doesn't go away, but instead that desire just keeps on growing and growing. It can come in the form of a stirring idea or just a slow, gradual realization of something God wants you to do. It just begins to dawn on you. And if that's never happened to you, you ought to be saying, God, what do you have for me? I give you my life. And I believe when you make a divine presentation of your life to God, one of the things that will begin to happen sooner or later is God will begin to say, this is the way I want you to glorify me in your life. The autumn of your dream, the autumn of your vision, for instance, the autumn of Joseph's purpose was when he had two dreams. He saw even his own family bowing down to him, and the seed of his future was sown into his heart. And Joseph got a dream, a vision, a sense of what God was calling him to do. He didn't understand all of it, but he had an inkling. He had the seed. It was the autumn of his purpose. For David, it was the day that Samuel called him in out of the field, and there were his brothers already there. And Samuel walked past them and walked up to David and took out the anointing oil and anointed him with oil and said, you are the next king of Israel. And that day was the autumn, the beginning of David's purpose in God. That was when the seed was initially sown in the soil of David's heart. And he said, wow, God has called me to be king. For Abraham, it began when God tapped him on the shoulder and called him out of Ur of the Chaldees and said, Abraham, I want you to follow me to a land that you don't even know of yet, but I'm going to take you to this land. And if you will obey me, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name famous. And through you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And when Abraham first heard that word, it was the autumn of his purpose. It was when the seed was initially sown into his heart. You know, listen, for me, this is the way that happened with me. I got touched by God. I was in a Bible study after I'd been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I was falling in love with Jesus more and more and more every day. I could not get enough of Jesus Christ. I mean, the Holy Spirit just touched me. But I was in a Bible study one night. And the teacher was teaching, and he just quoted a verse, just one verse out of the Bible. It winged its way into my heart. It was like that seed, and it dropped into my soul. And suddenly, I had a desire to teach and to preach the Word of God, and it would not leave me alone. And that night was the autumn of my purpose in God. I had a strong sense that God had called me to minister His Word. I was afraid to do it. I wasn't secure in it. I was scared to death to get up in front of people, but it would not leave me alone. It, you know, have you ever been bugged by God in a holy way? Have you ever been kind of hassled by the Holy Spirit in a good way? Have you ever just had God just touch you to do something and nothing would get rid of it? You can't shake it. You can't get rid of it. You can't deny it. You can't walk away from it because the call of God grabs hold of your heart. And you say with Jeremiah, though I wanted to quit teaching, wanted to quit preaching, wanted to walk away from God, yet his word was in my bones, shut up like a fire, and I could not keep it in. The call of God will not leave you alone. And the autumn of your call is when God first makes you aware 
It may be working with children. It may be working with women. It may be working, maybe pastoring. It may be just praying. It may be uh, just as a helper. It may be just ministering to people in, in practical ways, that, this, which is my wife's gift. But whatever it is, it's something that gets inside of you and it fits. It fits. And it is the Holy Spirit saying, this is how I want you to manifest my love and glorify me. If you're hearing me today, can you say amen? Amen. You know that the autumn of your purpose has arrived when God drops that first seed of revelation and awareness of something he wants you to do into the seedbed of your heart. And in the autumn, in the autumn of your purpose, man, you are excited You are cranked. You are motivated. It's like, all right, I can't wait. I can't wait to get after what God has called me to do. And that's why what follows next can be so discouraging and so frustrating. You're excited, motivated, ready to step into God's purpose. And winter comes. Winter comes. In the winter of your purpose... It seems like the opposite of what he told you is going to happen is happening. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's a crazy maker. I mean, let me give you an example. Joseph receives the two dreams. He's excited. He's telling his brothers what God's going to do with him. And next thing you know, he's sold into Egypt as a slave. Some dream, wintertime. David receives the anointing to be the next king of Israel. Next thing you know, he's hiding from an insane King Saul for 10 years, ducking and hiding in caves and dens of the earth. Some kingship. Abraham receives the promise he's going to be the father of a nation. And for 25 years, he has no children, no son, no offspring. Some nation. I'm talking to you today about the ways of God. Some of you may not get this today, but you're going to remember this word someday. When God drops something into your heart and you're ready to go, and next thing you know, it's wintertime. But you got to remember, every season has a reason. And follow my words now, the reason for your season is you're being seasoned for your season. The reason for your season is you're being seasoned for your season. Because until you go through wintertime, you ain't seasoned. Bad English, good preaching. The wintertime of your purpose, the wintertime season of your purpose looks like the death of your vision rather than its fulfillment. And if you don't understand that God moves in seasons, this will perplex you, it will frustrate you. You wonder what in the world is going on in your life. And that's when you got to understand the words of Jesus. He said, unless a grain of wheat, your dream, your vision, your purpose, your assignment falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, if it goes into the ground, if it experiences a death, it springs up and produces much fruit. Your dream, your purpose must fall into the ground of God's timing. And for a season, look as if nothing is going to come of it. You know that I walk my dogs all the time. Well, I walk my dog all the time. 
And my dog, we always walk through the woods and we walk through this huge field that Ollie loves to go and run in. It's just he was born to run. You talk about somebody born with a strength. He was born to run. I mean, he's just in his element when he's running. And I go out there in that field and just a couple of months ago, I'm out in that field, it's winter time and I'm looking and it's nothing. It's dead, it's bare, it's barren. There is nothing alive. It is just ground, dirt. You can't see anything. It's barren. Just a couple of days ago, we went out in that field. Yellow flowers springing up everywhere. Grass. I mean, those little fuzzy wuzzy things you blow and the fuzz comes off. All this life. And if you had asked me, when that field was as bare and barren as it was just a couple of months ago, Jeff, is there life in that field? I would have said it doesn't look like it. But beneath the field were millions of seeds sown in the ground underneath, invisible to the eye, waiting for springtime. If they had not gone through wintertime, there would have been no springtime. In the wintertime of your vision, the wintertime of your assignment, your life will look just like that field. You will say, where is God? What's he doing with me? I don't see any fruit. I don't see any results. Maybe I didn't hear God. I used to hate wintertime. I used to hate the wintertime of my purpose because I'm a doer. I'm an achiever. I've always been an achiever. I like seeing things blossom around me and happen around me. And when I would go through a wintertime, I would get depressed and I would get down and I would get sullen. And I'd say, oh God, where are you? And these are the times when you say with David, how long, oh Lord? Will you hide your face forever? How long, oh Lord? And you quote the verse why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God in the winter time of your purpose, for you will yet praise him who is the health of your countenance and your God. I came today to preach something to you. I want you to get this now. There is an autumn where the seed is sown, the vision is born. You see what something that God wants to do in your life. And then there is the winter time where you look around and you say, where is it? Where is God? Where is the promise? I've learned something. The earmarks of winter time, the earmarks of winter time, how you know you're in winter is postponed activity, solitude, waiting, learning, trusting, preparing, persevering. You just keep going when you don't see much. You keep on walking when not much is happening around you. The verse becomes real that says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap. If you do not faint in the winter time of your purpose, you've got to keep on going. Put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes you've got to bow your head and walk into the face of a cold, 
heartless wind and you just keep on going because God is doing something deep down in the recesses of your soul. He's deepening you. He's widening you. He's strengthening your faith. He's preparing you for what he knows is coming and it is the springtime and the summertime of your vision. Believe me, in the wintertime, don't let it bother you. Don't let it take you down. Don't try to make winter be summer or don't try to keep one season in your life, the rest of your life, you're going to go through seasons. You're going to pass through phases. God's going to take you through autumn. He's going to take you through winter. When you know you're in the winter season, let it be a time of refueling. Let it be a time of resting. Let it be a time of reflection and rekindling. I mean, the winter time is when you get into the word with all your might. The winter time is when you seek God, seek the face of God. The winter time is when you deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're going to need that winter time. A winter time is the time for respite. It's the time for reflection. It is the time to, to really get in there and, and saturate your spirit in the things things of God. He's getting you ready for spring. In my winter times, I've now learned if I'm in a winter time, not much happening around me, I seek the face of God. I read the word. I memorize scripture. I saturate myself in him. I move in him. I press into him. You know why? Because I know springtime is coming. Springtime is coming. Jesus was crucified on a Friday. It was wintertime, but springtime, the resurrection time, was coming. You're in a wintertime only because resurrection is coming. When your purpose enters the springtime phase, you'll begin to see new life sprouting up all around you. All of a sudden, whereas there had been nothing, here's a green sprout here, a green leaf there, life here, life there. Things begin to happen around you. Let me tell you what springtime looks like. Doors begin to open that were closed in the wintertime. All of a sudden, the doors begin to open. Opportunities start sprouting up around you. This is what the prophet was talking about when he said, don't remember the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? It's a rhetorical question. He's saying, I'm doing a new thing. It's springtime. Are you going to be able to recognize it? Are you going to be able to see it? If you got your eyes stuck in the rearview mirror, you won't see it. He is saying, get out of the wintertime. Spring is here. I want you to notice the green sprouts that are coming up all around you. It's a beautiful, beautiful word. Let me tell you something. I know that I found God talking about this in the Song of Solomon, verse 10. Listen to what the, the beloved is told by the groomsmen, by, by the Lord. Listen. He says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers are appearing on the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree is putting forth her green figs. And the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. It's time to come out of hibernation. It's time to come out of your wintertime. I'm telling you that what you need to do, the way to respond to your springtime, is respond to every little opportunity 
opportunity God gives you because now life is coming again. All the preparation of winter is now kicking into gear and springtime has arrived. You know where I am? Go ahead and pray. That's all right. I'm in springtime. I was praying last night, and I was praying for these services. And when I was done, I said, Lord, bless the people. Lord, bless the services. Move by your spirit. And I finished, and I was standing there in a room all alone, and that still small voice came to me that once you know it, you wait for it. You long for it. And he said this to me. You're going to see my hand in the days that are coming. You know what that was? A spring word. You're going to see my hand in the days that are coming. I said, well, what does that mean? He wouldn't tell me. But I know my God. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't throw words around. What he was saying is, Jeff, the winter is over. Rise up, my love. Come away. Because now everything is beginning to bud. Springtime is here. You want to be in a church where it's springtime? Well, you're in it. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. It's springtime, and springtime finally gives way to summer. And I'm going to tell you how to recognize summer, and I want to close. The summertime of your purpose is the season of maximums. The summertime is the season of maximums. Maximum output, maximum harvest, maximum fruitfulness, maximum opportunity, maximum influence, maximum result. The summertime, you wish for wintertime. You know why? Because you don't have the time in summertime you had in wintertime. Because all you're doing is harvesting as fast as you can. The summertime was the time of harvest. The summertime is the action time. The summertime of your purpose is the season when it reaches its zenith. All the cylinders are firing and all the seeds sown in autumn are in full bloom. God begins to move so quickly. So, you know, we were with our, our general contractor uh, Friday and he said, you know, I've been studying this area. I've been driving up and down this highway. I've been just kind of praying about this project. And he said, here's what I think. I think when you guys move in this building, things are going to get crazy. Why did we have this winter time? Because we dug deep. We sought God. We stayed in the Word. We sought Him in prayer. We kept on persevering. We were patient. We waited on Him. We rejoiced in the winter time, knowing it was preparing us for spring. And spring is getting us ready for summer. But the summertime is going to come. And they're going to get saved over here and saved over there. Saved this way and saved that way. People everywhere are going to get blessed by God. All we're going to be doing is bringing in the harvest just as fast as we can. Every purpose of God will go through these seasons. 
Watch this, and I'm going to close. Joseph, the autumn of his purpose, two dreams. Wintertime, he was sold into slavery in Egypt. Springtime, he was called out of prison. Summertime, made second only to Pharaoh, the mightiest man on earth. Abraham, autumn time, word came from God, leave this place to a place I'll show you, I'll make you a great nation. Winter time, 25 years, no child. Springtime, Isaac was born who was called laughter. Summertime, Isaac got married, guarantee of descendants, and Abraham was occupying the promised land. Even the people of Israel, their autumn Moses brought the word of God to them and said, you're going to be delivered imminently. Wintertime, wandering in the wilderness 40 years. Springtime, they crossed the Jordan into the, and entered the promised land. Summertime, they occupied the promised land. You're either in an autumn or a winter or a spring or a summer in God's purposes for you. Wisdom says, discern which one it is so you can respond in wisdom and in faith and maximize the season. Can we stand together? How many of you needed this today? Now let me ask you something. How many of you are in autumn God is just beginning to awaken you to your purpose. Let me see. Raise your hands. Don't be good. Come on, put them all the way up. All right, that's a lot. How many are in a wintertime? Some people put both hands up. Let me see. Again, winter. How many are in spring? It's beginning to bud. How many are in summer? Amen. There's a few. All right. As a church, we're in spring. Summertime is coming. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for these precious people who are your children. And Lord, because of that, they have all been given a strength, a talent. And every one of those strengths have a purpose and a timing and seasons to pass through. I pray, Lord, give us the wisdom to discern our season so that we can respond in wisdom and get the most out of it. I want to say something before we pray. Would you look at me just for a second? One, one thing I meant to say about the autumn when you receive the word or the, the sense, the understanding of what God's assignment for you is, what is the number one thing you've got to do? Protect it. It says, Mary received the word about the baby she would conceive. That was autumn. The winter was persecution, social isolation, suspicion, ostracism. Now, it says when she received the promise, it says she kept this word in her heart. 
The word kept from the, is translated from a Greek word that means to protect or to guard like a sentinel would guard a house. It means that when God shows his purpose to you, Satan's going to try to pluck it out of your heart, steal it from you before it ever, any, ever, anything ever comes of it. He's going to try to take it from you. So the word for the autumn period is you be sure that you protect it. Don't let the devil steal it when doubt, unbelief, or if you sin, you mess up somehow, don't let the devil tell you, you you ruined it, it can never be recovered. Protect it. Keep it in your heart. Guard it. Amen. Well, I want you to take a minute as Steve begins to lead us in worship, and I want you to pray and say, Lord, what is my assignment? What is my assignment? What have you touched me to do? What have you touched me to do? And then ask him what season you're in. And we're going to dismiss in just a moment. Would you take a moment and pray? Thank you, Lord.